Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, lots of big news today. Number one, the most out-of-touch soundbite I have heard in a long time from the just hapless Andrew Cuomo, who I am tired of media people lauding this buffoon in New York, who has been wrong on just about everything. I'm tired of it. We got that. We got some police officers now in their unions finally speaking out about being asked to do things grotesquely unconstitutional. Good story there on that one. Finally, some people standing up. Got that. Also, some sound bites from Pelosi and some uh, information about these state bailouts, which are a big, fat, juicy no, no way. And I'll explain why. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Protect your data from prying eyes online. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino today. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Hey, Daddy-O, I'm doing good, man. Thankful Thursday. Thankful that I'm here. uh, (laughs) very upset listening to that Andrew Cuomo segment Uh, as you prepped it for the show. I'm not going to tell you what I said on the air. No, no. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Yes, please. Uh, We'll be thrown off the air. Yes, we will. But I'll leave it at Joe was pretty fired up. (laughs) Today's show brought to you by Buddies at Parlor. (laughs) Listen, if there isn't enough reason to dump Twitter and switch to Parlor, here's another. Right now, Twitter is removing content they deem a denial of global or local health authority recommendations. Descriptions of ineffective treatment or prevention methods, even if it's made in jest. Denial of established scientific facts from global and local health authorities. Statements such as ignore news about COVID-19. It's just an attempt to destroy capitalism by crashing the stock market and more. They'll use that to wipe you off Twitter. Twitter's the worst. The worst. While some of these rules might seem reasonable... Shutting down opinions you don't like is not only un-American, it might prevent legitimate questions from being asked. Twitter doesn't want legitimate questions being asked. Parler is the news and free speech app. They're better than Twitter. That won't silence your opinion or violate your privacy. Here's mine right there. See it on my phone. I had it long before they were a sponsor. There's my Parler, right? I'm at Bongino on Parler. They won't shut you down. Simply download the Parler, P-A-R-L-E-R app. Create your account, post, share, and speak freely. Freely for once. But I have to be worried about being shut down by the tech tyrants at Twitter. Go to parlor.com, P A R L E R.com, or visit the app store today. Make sure to invite your liberal friends, too. I'm on Parlor, and you can follow me. I am at D Bongino. That's P A R L E R.com, or find Parlor in the app store, parlor.com, parlor.com, or go to Parlor in the app store. Download it today and get rid of the tech tyrants at Twitter. All right, producer Joe, let's go. And away we go. Let's start. Yes, we do. Let's start off today with the hapless Andrew Cuomo, who, ladies and gentlemen, I don't, you know, use the term lightly. I'm trying to be somewhat nice here uh, once in a while in the midst of this crisis, but I'm tired of the, the misinformation, the disinformation, and the media fetting and lauding of a governor who has failed. He has failed. What are they lauding his performance for? His state was not prepared. His state budget was not prepared. He was bankrupt in his state before this because he can't lead and make the hard decisions. He was grossly wrong on the ventilator issue. He was wrong on the hospital bed issue. They were wrong on the predictions. They were wrong on the models. I just read a story that the USS Comfort, the Navy ship that was up there providing services, served something like 179 people. It cost millions of dollars to ship up there. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not an appropriate allocation of assets. Cuomo has been wrong on everything. And yet, of course, because Cuomo is a Democrat, and you know, we got to go after Trump all the time in the media, goal number one, and paint the two as foils. That's right. 
they had a, a we love oh my gosh Cuomo's been great he's been great on what what has he been great on please explain to me here's a short clip of Andrew Cuomo yesterday when he's asked a perfectly logical question by a reporter who says hey listen governor people are out of work here okay people are starving we're going to we shut down the economy here. People have no jobs. They're being fired. They can't feed their kids. And people are really worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. What's your answer to that? Because you don't seem to have an exit plan for this shutdown and this lockdown, which I think we can all acknowledge at this point. The universal lockdown was a total failure. Was a total failure. Mm-hmm. It's time to start now. The universal lockdown, not the mitigation measures, was a failure. Here's Cuomo's unbelievably out-of-touch answer to people out there suffering who are having a tough time feeding their kids and paying their rent. Listen to this garbage. You want to go to work? Go take the job as an essential worker. Do it tomorrow. Right? You're working. I am. You're an essential worker. So go take a job as an essential worker. But the people aren't hiring because of the No, there are people hiring. You can get a job as an essential worker. So now you can go to work and you can be an essential worker and you're not going to kill anyone. Kind of a smart ass answer is that. That you, you said worse before the show, but in the yeah. interest of staying on the air, yep. I'll leave out what you, cause Joe is not happy about that no, either. I'm not. And rightfully so. And Joe doesn't always comment by the way, on clips, sometimes even if they're really bad and the interest of getting going, Joe's like, nah, I, I got to say, even Paula was like, shut up. We got to get the show started. Yeah. Cause Joe was not happy. <laughs> yeah. And Joe's a happier guy than I am. I'm a little more dour. <laughs> What kind of a dumb comment was that? If you want to get a job, go get a job as an essential worker. So just to be clear, ladies and gentlemen, if you're out of work, you can't pay your rent, having a tough time feeding your kids, your business has just been wiped out. Just don't go, Joe, go to medical school okay. because of course you can afford it right now. No problem. Four years in medical school. No problem, Joe. No problem. Couple years in a residency, maybe a year in a specialized internship. We're cool. Get reclassified as an essential worker in an ER somewhere, Joe. Don't worry, and you'll be A-OK. No worries at all. I'll be a cadaver. Don't you worry. <laughs> or Joe, come yeah. on. Let's make it easier. Easier. All you dunces out there. Yeah, all you people out there, great unwashed. Yeah. Go get a job. Is that essential worker? Joe, go to a police academy. It'll only take you nine months. Apply for the, even though nobody's hiring. Oh, no problem. Recertify as a police officer. You could be an essential worker. Yeah. Or, Joe, let's make it even easier. Maybe the fire academy's a little shorter. I'm not sure. My police academy was like nine months. Maybe the fire academy's only like, go get a job as a fireman or an EMT. It's only a year of You're training, maybe a little buttons, less. Don't dude. worry. You're pushing my buttons. I know. I know. I know. I, I, that's why I'm trying to keep these things unemotional. Thank you, sir. Although it's hard for me. Again, after yesterday's show, where we had to end off with me telling you a story about a close friend who proceeded to hang himself because he lost his livelihood when they stuck him in isolation. But don't worry, he could have just got a job as a police officer or a doctor, or maybe he could recertify as a nurse somewhere. Freaking dunce. What an idiot. I want to talk about something else here, too, because he says something at the end, which is the Democrats and the lock it down forever or you have blood on your hands mm-hmm. crowd that is really starting to piss me off by the way mm-hmm. mm. their new line of attack is this well you don't have the right to go out in the public and kill anyone you heard cuomo say it yeah, that cut. Yeah, rewind it if that. you missed it yeah 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 
the end of that cut, he says, well, and, 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 and you know, get a job as an essential worker. If you go out, then you won't kill anyone. Right. Their new line of attack is this, that you don't have the right to infect someone else. Let's talk about this. Because remember, the Democrats and the lockdown crowd are starting to deal with some real hard public pressure. As a friend of mine reminded me on email yesterday, we had a line in the Secret Service about getting big. When the shots start firing and you're a Secret Service agent, folks, you don't get the duck. You do the opposite. You have to train the opposite because your instinct when gunshots are coming is to do what? It's to duck and get out of the way. Right. To train a Secret Service agent takes about a year or more to train them to get big and not small so that the bullets hit them and not the guy or woman behind them. It's now time to get big. It's time to put our big boy pants on for the libs out there and start to deal with a crisis that has some really hard problems that are going to require some really hard solutions and stop with the Pollyanna bull responses like, Lock it down or you have blood on your hands. I'm sorry. That's an idiotic simpleton response that only someone with an IQ in the double digits would say. This is a multivariable, complicated problem that is going to require big people to get big and make hard decisions that require guts. If you're a simpleton with no guts who wants to say dumb things like, well, you don't have the right to kill someone else. You're discounted from the conversation like the hapless Cuomo. Number one, if you are willingly infecting other people, yes, you are a son of a, you get it. Mm -hmm. You've probably broken the law. You're an unethical, immoral, immoral slob, and you should probably be prosecuted. Willingly infecting someone else with a deadly, potentially deadly virus. Case closed on that. We can all, I, I, I can't imagine anyone would disagree with that. If you are willingly infecting other, you're a sick human being. Man. But the, Cuomo, what Cuomo is saying is he's conflating that. This is the Democrats. Don't forget. You don't have the right to infect someone else as if you're doing it willingly. But that's not what we're talking Forget the willingly. We all agree those are evil people who should be prosecuted. What they're suggesting is the, your very presence in public whether you have this virus, you're asymptomatic and don't know, your very presence in public is a threat to others. And because of that threat, we should bankrupt you, starve you, bankrupt the economy and keep it shut down until we can bribe the federal government for a state bailout because we couldn't handle our finances for the past three decades. Oh, please understand the distinction. Cuomo's not a dumb politician. No, no. He understands right now what he's doing. He needs a federal bailout for his state because he has bankrupted them for decades. A federal bailout, which is just a bailout, again, by people who live here for other people who live here, taking money from people who live here to give to others that we don't have to borrow from people who live here. We don't have any money. He wants to, so he understands he has to make emotionally loaded arguments. And the first argument he's going to make is you don't have the right to infect anybody else. Ladies and gentlemen, do you understand? Forget, forgetting willingly doing it unwillingly, if you don't know it, you're out in public and you shake someone's hand when you have a cold and you don't know it. Ladies and gentlemen, you didn't do anything wrong. The world is full of risk. There are people who get into car accidents every day. There are people who, you know, get on an airplane that crashes. There are people who come down with deadly viruses just from living in a world full of risk. Suggesting we should lock down and bankrupt people to mitigate every single risk is insane. Think about that logic. 
Okay? I'm, I, and I don't want to confuse anybody. This is important. The logic he's using, you don't have the right to unwillingly infect anybody else. And I'm going to use that as an excuse to squelch your individual liberty and freedom and destroy your job and your livelihood and everything else. I took a few notes here. We could use that logic for anything, Joe. We could say, well, you don't have the right to infect anyone else with the flu. I'm forcing you to get a flu shot. Hmm. I don't want to get a flu shot. Mm-hmm. You may not want, I get them. You may not want them. And I understand that. That's your choice. We live in a free country. I'm going to ask you a question at the end of this. This is a test. In this segment. Joe, is that not, you don't have the right to infect anyone with the flu. You have to get a flu shot. Well, what if I don't? You're going to jail. The same logic can be used there. Mm -hmm. To liberals, this sounds reasonable. Yeah. Now, what is the right to infect anyone with the flu? Mandatory. Get a flu shot. You're going to jail. We can say it's mandatory. You eat vegetables. Mandatory. We're going to do home checks every night. No. You don't have the right to go to the hospital if you eat chocolate and potato chips every day and have a heart attack and take services away from someone else. You don't have that right. No. You have to eat vegetables every night. Fair? Sounds reasonable to the anti-liberty crowd, right? We'll arrest you if you don't get a flu shot. Home checks every night for vegetable eating. Why not? It's the same logic, is it not? You don't have the right to infect anyone. You don't have the right to take hospital services away because you don't eat right. What about alcohol? Why is alcohol legal? Man. You don't have the right to get drunk. You could get in a car and kill someone. It happens all the time. Drunk driving is a very serious problem. People die all the time. Mm-hmm. Both the person who engaged in the drunk driving and they kill other people. Alcohol. Why is alcohol legal? You don't have that right to drink. You can put someone else at risk. You could fall on your face because you're drunk. Have to go to the emergency room. Take away services from someone else. Cigarettes. Why is tobacco legal? You don't have that right to pollute your lungs with tar and nicotine. Mm. Chemicals. You're going to go to the hospital and need a lung transplant from someone who, who needed a lung transplant because they had some disease not related to smoke. You don't have that right. I'm going to ask you this final question. I want to move on. Yeah. This is the only question that matters. The only question that matters now in response to that. Do you believe in liberty and freedom or not? That is it. If you believe in liberty, liberty comes with consequences and great responsibility. Liberty is not easy. It was never going to be easy. It's not as simple. Two plus two equals four. Liberty has consequences and freedom has consequences. But we have believed as the most wealthy, prosperous, freedom-loving constitutional republic for over 200 years that those consequences are worth it. That the price we pay for liberty, yes, people get sick sometimes because they don't get a flu shot. Yes, people go to the hospital because they eat terribly. Yes, people do drunk drive and kill other people tragically because they make really dumb decisions with alcohol. People choose to smoke knowing it will kill them and take up healthcare services. No, but we want to be free. We were born free. God has touched us on our shoulders and blessed us with the big R God-given right to freedom. Do you believe in it or not? And if you believe in it, ladies and gentlemen, then what's going on now is a travesty. We live in a world of risk. This virus has presented another one. There are measures, masks, hand washing, appropriate social distancing, spacing out restaurants we can take. But we live in a world of risk that is, listen to me, never going away, ever. Listen, 
Horse blinders, please. I used to say this to people in the Secret Service when they got distracted and I was talking to them. Put your horse blinders on right now. It is never, ever, ever going away. Ever. Ever. Risk is never going away. Ever. Do you want to be free or not? Because there's a very simple way to eliminate the risk in your life. That's to chain yourself, take your own liberty away to your bathroom and have someone come in in a food dish in a bubble suit every day and drop off some water. It's called jail. Jail. That's what that is. There's no risk in jail. They can isolate you in solitary. You're not going to get any virus. You will never be hit by a drunk driver. You'll probably get some medical services too. You don't ever have to worry about the corona or anything else. You are in solitary confinement, but you are not free. And it's time to get big again. It's time to stop ducking and it's time to get big. And I'm sorry, these lockdowns are a catastrophic mistake. You are putting people in isolation prisons and I found one of them hanging. I don't even want to get into that. That's not freedom, folks. We just found out today 4.4 million more people, million, million, not thousand, not 10,000, not hundred, 4.4 million people more just applied for unemployment benefits for the first time. You know what the total is? People now unemployed? 26 million. And if I hear one more blue check mark, out of touch, bubble dwelling, liberal commentator, or shut it down or you're all going to die, a person on Twitter say, the polls are suggesting that only 25% of Americans support opening up the economy. I'm not interested in your damn polls. And let me tell you why. There's an asymmetry there you don't understand because you live in your bubble. The 75% of people who don't give a damn about the lockdowns are the ones that still have jobs. They're not the 25% who, after the fourth missed meal with their kids, are going to be really pissed off, folks. There's an asymmetry in the passion there. You get it? You cite to me one more poll. I'm blocking these accounts immediately. I'm sorry. I can't handle it. 25% of people, it's only 25% say open up the economy. Those are the ones that are dying every single day, slowly. Explain to me how you thought this one through to the lockdown crowd. Look at this New York Times headline. Did you miss this? This is in the New York Times. Instead of a coronavirus, the hunger will kill us. A global food crisis looms. Did you think this through, man? Did any of you think this through? Shut it down and will potentially save 50,000 lives. As you kill millions of people causing a mass famine because you shut down the world economy, you numbnuts? Did you think of this? Did any of you think this through? Oh, don't worry. Andrew Cuomo told you to get a job as an essential worker. Don't worry. Learn to code. Learn to code, folks. You miners out there, all deplorable miners and carpenters, architects, electricians, you people who work for that, just learn to code. Andrew Cuomo, coding, I'm sure, is essential. Do you think about any of this? Or are you so simple-minded 
that this was a single variable problem for you. Shut it down and people won't get infected. Shut it down, you'll bankrupt people who may starve and may die from depression, suicide, stress. Did you think about any of that? No, no, but we crushed the coronavirus. Yeah, you crushed everyone else too in the process. This was never a single variable problem, ever. This was a complicated, multivariable problem, which required a multivariable analysis, which never came. If you apply single variable analysis to any problem, you will get stupid solutions. You ever hear of Pareto optimization? Look it up. The best public policy responses are those that help at least one person while harming no one. Can you actually tell me you Pareto optimize this? When you've harmed 26 million people's lives? This is bull, man. Apply it to any problem. We need to stop, crush, squelch out murder. Yeah, we do. That's a serious problem, just like the coronavirus. Real serious problem, because you're dead if it happens to you. So how are we going to do it? We're going to mandate a stay-at-home order on Saturday nights, because that's when a lot of murders happen. No bars, no alcohol, no drinking. We solved the problem. Single variable stupid thinking. Folks, I'm sorry, man. This thing yesterday, I can't. This guy, I... I, 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 I Losing this guy yesterday and the effect on this community. This friend of many people who was found hanging because he lost his livelihood and was stuck in isolation. This was a good man. He's always texting me about charitable donations and donating to people and was a church-going guy. Was loved in this community. Hanging. What, he doesn't matter? And listen, even though he was my friend and I'm passionate about it, I'm really not trying to pull an emotional trick on you to use a personal tragedy amongst me and many people in this neighborhood who knew this great guy. I'm only suggesting that because this is just the start. I don't remember who said it. It may have been Havelock Ellis or someone else. But don't ever forget, we're only four missed meals away from chaos. And your single variable, shut it down. Or people will die. Your single variable thinking is moronic. People are dying now. You're about to cause a global famine. Have you thought any of this through? All right, I'm gonna take a commercial break here because I need to. Uh, I need to get this together. I didn't expect to spend this much time on that, but it matters. I don't want to hear one more story on my Facebook. Not one more. You have any idea how many Facebook messages, emails, and tweets we got from people who found friends hanging too? If you read my Twitter, be far different. All right, I've got a lot more to get to. I want to get to this police story, which is finally some good news afterwards. I've, I was waiting for this to happen. I thought it was only a matter of time. All right, you've been hearing me talk about ExpressVPN before the show every day. They're a great company. Why? Because a lot of us are stuck at home, and you probably don't think much about internet privacy on your home network. Well, you should. Fire up incognito mode with ExpressVPN in your browser and no one can see what you're doing, right? Wrong. Even in incognito mode, your online activity can still be traced. Even if you clear your browsing history, your internet service provider can still see every single website you've ever visited. That's why even when I'm at home, we never go online without using the real protection of ExpressVPN. 
ExpressVPN. Make sure your internet service provider can't see what sites you visit. Don't rely on an incognito mode. Rely on ExpressVPN. Instead, your internet connection is rerouted to ExpressVPN's secure service. We use it here. How do anybody look at out what we're doing there? You got business that goes on. Each ExpressVPN server has an IP address that's shared amongst thousands of users. That means everything you do is anonymized and cannot be traced back to you. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your data with the best in-class encryption, so your information is always protected. My wife, Paula, is an internet genius. Paula, how much you love ExpressVPN? Thumbs up from behind. We got to get her on camera sometime, huh? She really does exist for those of you who met her in person. You're like, is really, there really a Paula? There is, I promise. Use the internet with confidence from your computer, tablet, or smartphone. ExpressVPN is you covered on every device. Simply tap one button. It's really simple, folks. And you are protected. ExpressVPN is the fastest and most trusted VPN on the market. Stop prying eyes from looking into your online activity. It's rated number one by CNET, Wired, The Verge, and countless more. Super easy to use. Even I figured it out. I'm not that great with computers. So protect your online activity today with the VPN that we trust here in my house to secure our privacy. Visit my special link at expressvpn.com slash Bongino and get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino, expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Go today to learn more. Important. Check them out. Okay. This is the story I've been waiting to see. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I'm going to play this video uh, quickly after I get to it. The Federalist has a great article up in the show notes. Please read it. It's important. Uh, if you want to get my show notes, again, bongino.com slash newsletter. Subscribe to my newsletter. We email you the show notes every day. Promise we won't spam your inbox. I think uh, most of you on my email list already know that. But I saw this story at the Federalist, and it's a good one. They do great work over there by uh, Tristan Justice. Police have started revolting against draconian coronavirus edicts from local tyrants. I'm going to get this in a second, but just a screenshot from the story here, and I'll explain to you what's going on. Because I've even, to be fair, I've gotten some emails from police officers who are a little bit upset with me. Mm -hmm. I've gotten an overwhelming number of emails from police officers who think I'm onto something, but I like to give you both sides about traffic to the show, only fair. From the piece, what's going on here? Well, police officers folks are being asked to do things that are clearly unconstitutional and ridiculous. So the Houston Police Officers Union, round of applause for you, declared Wednesday that its members, the police officers, would refrain from enforcing a local county judge's ruling, deeming it mandatory for any individual over the age of 10 to wear a mask in public. Good for you. The Houston Police Officers Union believes everyone should be wearing a mask in public in order to protect themselves from the virus, and we're encouraging our officers to wear a mask. Sound and sensible, by the way, folks. The union wrote in a statement. However, we draw the line at the draconian measures Judge Hidalgo has decided to engage in. Good for you. They're not the only ones either in Houston. Now, I don't mention names on the show, friends of mine, but I was a police officer. One of the, my friends, I went to the academy with, been texting, and I've been wondering this same question. I was wondering when the New York City PBA, the SBA, the Patrolman's Benevolent Association, Sergeant's Benevolent Association, the DEA, Detectives Endowment Association in New York, NYPD, the biggest police department, when the union for the LAPD, I was wondering back then when they were going to do the same. Sticking frontline police officers who, ladies and gentlemen, you know I think the world of. Any assertions otherwise in my email, I'm disregarding immediately because you've never listened to my show. You're impugning my character. I'm not going to accept it. I have stuck my neck out for these men and women because I was one of them. I believe in them. I know who they are. They're not always perfect. They make mistakes. When they make mistakes, we all should correct them and we should all speak out in the name of liberty and justice. 
I believe in oversight like everyone else. But some of the finest people I ever worked with in my entire life were the federal agents and cops I was on the front lines with. I will not accept, I will delete the email, email all you want. If you're going to sit there and tell me I'm attacking the cops, uh, it goes right in the, I won't even read past the first line because you clearly have no idea what's in my head. Asking police officers to do things like locking up people on playgrounds, citing people for not wearing masks, is putting the cops in a really, really bad spot. And it's time for these union representatives to speak up and say, our members aren't doing it. We're, we swore an oath to the Constitution. You're going to have to sue us. Now, I was responding to this video, which I tweeted out, and I said, what the hell is this? I'm sorry, but this was bad judgment. I got a bunch of emails from people saying, oh, the officer was just doing his job. I'm going to get to that after a minute, but I'm, I'm going to have to talk through this a little bit for, for our audio audience. But this is uh, some video audio. A police officer confronts a woman on a playground with her kids and winds up arresting the woman for trespassing on a playground because of these quarantine stay-at-home orders. I've already heard it. It was a, They're saying, oh, the lady, it was a publicity stunt. That's not an excuse. If it was a publicity stunt, then you played into it. Law enforcement by arresting her. That's not an excuse. Why would then why would you arrest her? It's a publicity stunt. I'm going to play into it. That makes no sense. I'm sorry. Maybe it was. I don't know the woman. It doesn't matter. Nothing changes the fact that this is really bad decision making. Check this out. I just told you, exit the playground. But you're not trespassing. Are you going to now fight everyone for not social distancing? Ma'am. Ma'am. Are you going to still argue? Ma'am. You have five seconds. Three. Do it. Record it. Okay, this is not. Officer, you don't want to do that. Officer, you don't. You're being detained. Am I being arrested or detained? Am I arrested or detained? Someone call Idaho Freedom Foundation right now and get them on the phone. Call now. I, I'm recording. Someone else call. Okay. Can you call? Her, her kids are here. Come on, guys. Come on, man. Come on. And for the guy who tweeted me this morning, Billy, never met you before, but tweeted back to me. I saw it. I don't see all of them. We said, come on, Dan, they were just doing their jobs. No, nah. no, I'm sorry. You have totally missed the point. Number one, I'm not going to be lectured by anybody. As Joe well knows, and so does my wife in the background, I had a nice job in law enforcement. Paid me six figures with overtime. I was a Secret Service agent, a New York City police officer in the 7-5, and I loved him. And I walked away from that job and nearly went bankrupt had a hard time finding money to pay for my daughter's uh, dental appointment after she had a cavity, nearly missed a couple mortgage payments and almost lost my house when I left my job because I believed in something bigger. And listen, ladies and gentlemen, believe me, this is not a self-praise moment. I'm suggesting to you, don't dare lecture me on what do you want them to do? Stand up for the right thing? I've been there. I don't speak with forked tongue. I did it. And I'm not kidding when I tell you we've nearly lost everything doing it. I don't have a pension anymore from the federal government. So please spare me the lectures on what do you want them to do? The right thing. The right thing. And why? 
Well, obviously, because it's the right thing to do is not to arrest a woman on a playground in front of her kids. But secondly, think this through. The whole it was a publicity stunt by the woman thing is dumb. If it was or wasn't is irrelevant because you played right into it. Because, Joe, it wouldn't have been public and viral if you didn't arrest her. There you go. You were the publicity stunt. Think this through. I applaud the Houston PD and others taking a stand. But I'm asking you, those men and women on the front line who I believe me, whether you care about my opinion or not, I think the world of. My heart and soul is with you. I have done everything with my public voice. You have been gracious enough to give me, and I thank the Lord for every day, to defend you when everyone else was crapping on you. And I will continue to do that. But this is just stupid. You are losing people. You Consent of the governed matters, ladies and gentlemen. It's not a joke. And when you lose the consent of the governed and the public support for police, this will get really bad. The front line, the bulwark, the front line against the assault on police officers to all of the cops listening, and you know this, and I've been getting tons of positive email from you. I'm not talking about everyone, about 80% positive, but to be fair, about 20% saying they're just doing their jobs. Trust me, the front line, everything stopping, the, 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 Social media blue checkmark horde from coming for the cops and having you all locked up for doing your job, believe me, are the conservatives and liberty lovers out there who understand you are the thin crust protecting the volcano from erupting. We get that. When you lose them because of stuff like this, it's over. And if you don't see that, you really need to reconsider what you're doing. I'm telling you, you are losing people in mass. People who are diehard defenders of everything I used to do and you do now. I'm begging you, unions and everyone else, to please, humbly, with the greatest of respect for your job and your bravery and everything you do for very little money, to please take a stand against this now or it's going to be a far different policing environment when this is over. Please do the right thing. And again, a final thank you to the overwhelming number of police officers and federal agents and corrections officers, EMTs, paramedics, firemen out there, and women who do this job, who have the cojones to go out there and do it every day, putting themselves at risk with this virus out there, people coughing all over them every single day. You got a lot of guts. You have my utmost respect. But please, please don't do this. Believe me, I say this out of just passion and love for what you do. There is no other intent here. All right. Now, getting back to some more unfortunate Democrat comments here. We're going, you know, talking about Cuomo before. <laughs> here is, I'm sorry, I need, this show's been very serious today, so maybe a moment of, moment of uh, tragic uh, yeah. uh, humor here. Here is the just uh, horrible Nancy Pelosi, who, you know, again, uh, anyone else who's going to, uh, she's a brilliant political tactician. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, she was eating ice cream from a $24,000 freezer, gourmet ice cream, while suggesting to Americans on a late night show that she was going to block a bailout bill for small businesses because they said so. They blocked it. Remember the PPP? Nah. little background before I get to this cut. This Paycheck Protection Program passed in bipartisan fashion was a multi-billion dollar bailout in the hundreds of billions 
to give people paychecks whose businesses have been businesses they worked for have been forced to shut down by the government. Everybody clear? Yeah. It was so popular they had to replenish it with a couple hundred billion dollar more. The problem was the Democrats didn't want that replenishment without sticking in some identity politics provisions. You're a racist if you don't give your money to this folks or that folks or this group or that. They wanted that. And the Republicans said, no, 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 we're not doing that. We're just replacing paychecks. We're not doing identity politics. How many white people are on your board? And then he said, we just want people to get paid. Let's be crystal clear on this. There is no disputing it amongst rational people. If you're not rational, the segment's not for you. Rational, reasonable people. There is no dispute that the Democrats blocked it. McConnell just wanted the money, nothing else, to go into the program to pay you. Pelosi said, no, we want this condition, A, B, C, D. It was her who blocked it. Here is Nancy Pelosi on MSNBC, again, astonishingly, just completely rewriting history and suggesting something factually incorrect that they were the ones who wanted it and McConnell got in the way, despite no sane human being believing it. And watch the MSNBC, who doesn't even interrupt her. They just let her go on and Pravda everyone. Check this out. Uh, Mitch McConnell likes to say we delayed the bill. No, he delayed the bill. Uh, a month, uh, two weeks ago, he came to the floor and said, this is all we're doing, just the 250 and the Democrats were reunited, House and Senate. The Senate Democrats went to the floor and said no. No to that. We have a better idea about hospitals and testing and uh, more funds for all of the businesses, the low, lower, uh, in, uh, shall we say, the unbankable small businesses. So we were very pleased that he finally came around to the, the fact that we had to go forward with this. Uh, so he was the one wasting time. I say that because I keep hearing him say, uh, we delayed. No, he delayed. <laughs> Joe, did you hear it? Yeah. Did you hear her in the beginning acknowledge? Mm -hmm. Folks, please, again, on the YouTube, youtube.com slash Bongino, or whatever you're listening, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening, hmm. rewind that. She says at the beginning, McConnell gave her a clean bill to fund the program, that they said no. They mm -hmm. wanted all these conditions, wokeness, racial quotas. They wanted it. She says it in the beginning. Yeah. Listen. And then uh, she proceeds to say, so we stopped it. And then at the end goes, but McConnell blocked it. If you can follow that logic, whoa. please see a psychiatrist immediately. Because I'm sorry, you think in word salads and, and neologisms and things. That makes no sense. McConnell claimed me a clean bill to replenish it. I blocked it because I wanted all these conditions, but McConnell really blocked it. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, sure. I'm sure that makes sense <laughs> in the world of Nancy Pelosi. But you're just a liar. She's just a liar. Dude. That's her own clip where she yeah. refutes her own argument. And, and morning Schmo is sitting there. <laughs> and Mika. <laughs> Like two total buffoons. Uh -huh. Not daring to say, wait, 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 hold on, Speaker. Madam Speaker, you just said McConnell gave you a clean bill and you blocked it. You're now suggesting McConnell blocked the bill you just said you blocked? He blocked the block of the block? What, what, what's, the, what's the real story, Madam Speaker? But liberals pay attention to these idiots. Listen, I'm not suggesting to you the Republicans have all the answers here. I can't say that enough. But I am suggesting to you that although Republicans may not be the solution to all of your problems, there's been a lot of pathetic stuff done lately, including spending us into an abyss that we're never going to get out of. 
Republicans may not be the, the solution to all your problems, but Democrats are certainly the cause of all your problems. That, that's for certain. Notice how she brings up testing again. Why is the testing canard coming up again? When I say testing canard, I don't mean testing's a canard. Right. I mean the testing they're using as a talking point right. to continue to shut down the states, bankrupt and starve you, causing a global famine and bankrupting the hospitals. You're going to have to go to for the healthcare. That's going to make you healthier, Joe. Going to a hospital that doesn't exist because they're being bankrupted by the shutdown. Pelosi has a talking point and it's been fed to all the Democrats. All the Democrat governors, we're not opening up unless we can, as Paula said this morning, until we can test everybody. Keep in mind, as President Trump had to point out to the hapless governor of Maryland, Larry Hogan and others, they have the testing capacity in their states right now. Mm -hmm. It's not the president's job to go and take over Maryland and figure out how Maryland works. He operates a separate entity, the federal government. We are a federalist system. But Larry Hogan, Andrew Cuomo, and others want to be babysat. They have the capacity. Which says to me, well, why are they not using it? Because, ladies and gentlemen, they don't want to open up right now. I'll leave the motives and the speculation on motives up to you. So they keep saying, we can't open up until we test. Until we test. So test. No, no, I need the president to help me test. Why? You have the capacity now. What else do you need? Uh, no, the president needs to declare a National Defense Act and socialize the economy for cotton swabs. What, you can't figure it out? No, Andrew Cuomo, Joe, he's the messiah to the left. He can't figure out how to get the cotton swabs? Yeah. I thought Trump was an idiot, though. Now you want Trump. So let me get this straight. You think Trump's an idiot, but you want him, the, the idiot, air quotes, to figure it out for you because you're the genius? Please explain that to me again. I don't remember a time doing advances in the Secret Service when I when I acknowledged I was an idiot to the lead advance when I was doing a site. Hey, Mr. Lead Advance, I'm a moron. I can't figure out how to secure this airport. Can you come in here and help me? They'd be like, hey, tell you what, uh, son, here is a one-way ticket back home. Turn in your badge when you get back to D.C., you piece of garbage. Oh, that's right. They, believe me, that's yeah. what would happen. I hear you, bro. Trump's an idiot. Well, why, if he's an idiot, why do you want him to figure it out for you? Because this testing thing with them has become a talking point. They don't want to open up. Why? Ladies and gentlemen, they want a bailout. Look at this Wall Street Journal article today. They need a bailout. Why? Because these genius leaders like Andrew Cuomo being feted by the president. Oh, he's so wonderful. He's running for president. Bankrupted you in New York a long time ago. Wall Street Journal editorial board. Bail out the states? Any more federal aid should come with very strict conditions. No, no, no more federal aid because there's no such thing as federal aid. It's your money. And if you live in Florida or Texas, again, not perfect, but states that have been far more conservative with the spending of public taxpayer dollars, no, you should not be bailing out states that for years flushed your money down the toilet on Green New Deal type nonsense while you guys in Florida have to foot the bill. No, we're not doing it. And I'm sorry, that is entirely unethical. Let me go to a quick uh, screenshot from the journal piece. This is Andrew Cuomo. You know the state governments are broke. This is his words. By the way, he takes no responsibility for this. He says, you know the state governments are broke because he broke them. To use a blunt term, he goes on. You know, the state governments are now responsible for reopening and the governors are going to do the reopening and they have no funds to do it. 
Cuomo said after President Trump's call asking for more federal cash. Tell me again what the motives are. Again, don't listen to me. Listen to their own words. I'm not reopening unless I get federal cash. Then you're not reopening because there is no federal cash. None. The federal cash is our cash, including our, meaning people from New York. You're borrowing money from people in New York to give back to people to New York, and you're not going to reopen the economy unless you can borrow money from them to give to them at interest later on? What, what kind of sense? Do you understand even basic economics? By the way, totally regarding this little tidbit from the last bailout in the Wall Street Journal. Keep in mind, quote from the journal, that Joe, the $2.2 trillion CARE Act last month included a $150 billion blank check to states, plus $90 billion for schools, public transit, and Medicaid. You may say, well, what does that mean? Well, let's put these numbers in perspective. All, A-L-L, state tax revenues during the last three months of 2019, total $254 billion. So Washington's last state infusion is roughly equal to three months of their entire tax collection. Ooh. You've already been bailed out. No, no more. It is unethical. There is no money and it avoids the hard choices. And there are hard choices amongst people who have to get big right now and be leaders. You did this, Cuomo. Voters voted you in and you took that responsibility and you flushed money down the toilet making promises to people you can't possibly make. They were expensive promises. And I'm genuinely sorry to have to tell you this. If you bought into this thinking there was a money fairy, then you made the wrong bet. There are people down in other conservative states who have worked for governments who took far lesser salaries. They could have gone up to New York and taken a six-figure salary to be a bureaucrat or anything else, and they didn't do it. They live in other states because those states were not profligate and didn't flush their money down the toilet. They lived responsibly. We are not bailing you out. And somebody needs to say it. President, too. I'm telling you right now, if this decision to bail out the states comes down, there is going to be a revolt in the conservative movement. I promise you. There is no bailout. We don't have the money. You are borrowing from people who lived a more austere lifestyle borrowing their money, their kids and their grandkids when we're out of money now to give to states that lived high on the hog when they had no money to do it. No, the answer is no. It's unethical, it's immoral, and it's not right. And the president should get up at the press conference and say as much. It is not going to happen. You are going to reopen when you deem it safe. If you're waiting for federal bailouts to come, it's not going to happen because there's no money. You, as a leader of your state, you need to figure this out. All right, let me move on. All right, our last sponsor of the day before we get to our next topic here uh, is Patriot Mobile. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I can't say it any simpler than this. Please stop sending your money to some of these cell phone companies out there that really can't stand us. They hate the Second Amendment. They support these pro-abortion groups. It's a disgrace. Well, I have an announcement from our friends at Patriot Mobile. To help Americans stay in touch with loved ones during this difficult time, they've reduced their plans even further. Right now, let their U.S.-based team design your customized family plan for $25, $35, $45, or $55. Patriot Mobile will never charge you hidden fees. And unlike Big Mobile, they won't send your hard-earned money to Planned Parenthood or gun-grabbing Democrats. That's just a simple fact of what's happening with a lot of these companies. It's a shame. 
But that's because Patriot Mobile only, only supports the conservative values we believe in. Switching is easy. Keep your phone number. Bring your own phone or buy a new one. Join our family of freedom-loving Americans today and get free activation, plus they'll send you a free gift. Really cost-effective two plans. Call 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT or visit patriotmobile.com slash Dan. Get your customized family plan today for only $25, $35, 45 or $55. 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT or patriotmobile.com slash Dan. Make the switch today. Stop supporting big mobile out there. They certainly don't support us. All right, getting back to the show. So the Washington Examiner had an interesting story up. I just want to put up quick before we get to this John Solomon. So I got a John Solomon. Sorry. John Brennan's freaking out, folks. I'll tell you why in a minute. Johnny B, Johnny Boombots is back in a panic, cold busted. Um, but let me just get this to wrapping up this segment on the economics of the shutdown. Uh, we're destroying people's lives, potentially impoverishing the globe here. Washington Examiner's story about this coming fight coming up here, that the coronavirus debt will likely kill the leftist policy dreams. You know, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this because I know a lot of you like the economics. Some of you like it, some of you, you know. but here's the bottom line, ladies and gentlemen, we spent so much money, upwards of $2 trillion just on this coronavirus mitigation measures alone. That sooner or later, we're going to reach a tipping point. Now, as the Washington Examiner says in this piece, nobody really knows exactly what that tipping point is for debt. In other words, a quick, just make it an analogy towards your own, your own home, home uh, personal finance situation. How much credit card debt can you take on before you finally get uh, you're bankrupt? I don't know. When you mm. get there, you'll know because you're bankrupt. Right. So they say there's no magic number of debt that suddenly becomes impossible to maintain. But CBO economists have warned that at some point, investors will become skittish about purchasing federal debt and will demand higher interest payments. Yes. This is what I have been warning you about. Read this Washington Examiner piece. It'll be up in the show notes today. I have been warning you about this. I know now just like in the pre-coronavirus things where really nobody worried about a global pandemic. They didn't know. I mean, I don't want to say nobody. There were people who, who predicted that this could happen and believed in the precautionary principle and all that. But the problem with things like viral outbreaks is when they hit you, everybody goes, oh, we didn't think that was going to happen when people warned them it was going to happen. Mm. I'm warning you now, a debt crisis, sadly, sadly, follows the, the same response trajectory. Everybody goes, oh, so what? We're 24 trillion. It's not affecting my life. And it's probably not right now. The problem is when it does, it destroys everything. Like a forest fire. And the canary in the coal mine are interest rates. When people start to realize that the U.S. government has run up so much debt, in other words, borrowed money from you, that's what they do. They issue bonds where they borrow money from you to give back to you in the form of a paycheck protection plan, SNAP card, whatever it may be. It's, the government doesn't produce anything. The government just takes from you to give to you. Right. What did Friedman always say? The joke of government spending is your neighbor thinks, uh, you, you think you're spending your neighbor's money. The joke is your neighbor's thinking the same thing. You understand that. Mm -hmm. It's all your money borrowed from you to give to you while the government pays itself in between. Government bonds are not net worth. Sooner or later, ladies and gentlemen, throughout human history, it has a 100% success rate of happening. Sooner or later, people figure out they're not going to get their money back. And they're going to start demanding interest rates that are through the roof to lend money to the government because there's risk. They don't see the risk now. And when they see the risk, everybody sees it at the same time. Hence the term bond vigilantes and others. You say, oh, so what? The government will have to issue bonds and pay interest rates of 9%, 10%. 
That's not my problem. You sure? Because just about everything in the economy are indexed somehow to some form of a government bond or interest rate. Your mortgage will be 10%. Your car loan will be 10%. Your credit card will be 30%. Mm. They said, well, I won't be able to borrow money then. Exactly. Either will the U.S. government. I warned you, for five years I've been doing the show. We are, if not at that point now, getting close to it, and we're going to find out very quickly just how stupid these decision-making policies are. But if states don't bail us out too with more borrowed money, great idea. All right, let me get to this John Solomon piece. The excellent John Solomon. We, I encourage you to watch my interview with him, by the way, on our YouTube channel. Again, youtube.com slash Bongino. Please subscribe. We're resetting the goal. We hit 400,000. Thanks to your awesome support on YouTube. We're trying to get the 500,000 supporters right now. That'd be pretty cool. Half a million. So thanks yeah. a lot. We're at about 402,000. Yeah, thanks a lot. But we have an interview up there with John Solomon about Spygate. You're really going to like. But he has this great piece about how John Brennan's freaking out. And uh, I told you, I told you this guy's in big trouble. Is he going to be locked up? I don't know. I'm not a cop anymore. I have no idea. I'm simply telling you, John Brennan's evidence of malfeasance and abuse of power and corruption is everywhere now. John Solomon, just the news. Be up in the show notes. Newly declassified evidence casts doubt on Obama's intelligence assessment about Russia's election intentions. Now, we knew that whole sham report I talked about yesterday, Senate Intel Committee reports, yeah. all a joke. Richard Burr, Mark Warner, nonsense, disregard it. They, did, they, they dispute their own conclusions in their own report, which is kind of hilarious when you think about it. Um, but Solomon brings up an interesting point about Carter Page here. Remember, Carter Page was the focus of the FISA warrant, used to spy on the Trump team because he was a member of the Trump team at one point. Solomon says, the concerns included that the CIA knew that the ostensible main target of the FBI probe, former campaign manager, a uh, former campaign advisor, excuse me, Carter Page, was a CIA asset and not a Russian spy. U.S. intelligence also concluded that meetings Steele alleged to have attended with Russian figures like Sechin, a Putin acolyte, did not occur, the documents show. Why is this important and what matters about this? Folks, Brennan is panicking for a number of reasons. Reason number one, I've been, you know, pumping on this show for the last two and a half years now, is I believe Brennan is the puppet master. Brennan knew about the fabricated collusion hoax. He knew about it. They laundered it through Christopher Steele and the dossier. Brennan then uses the fake dossier in the summer of 2016 to push Harry Reid and others to get the FBI to spy on Page using a FISA warrant. And the FBI ridiculously plays along. He's the puppet master. So we have a couple things on Brennan. Let's go through the list. Number one, I believe Brennan lied. He lied to start the case. He kept the intelligence in a back channel because he knew if it was vetted, he'd be laughed at. And he misled the FBI and politicians, not telling them the dossier and all the stuff was a hoax. Mm -hmm. Secondly, someone's got to answer why Brennan, being largely the head of the intel community outside of the ODNI, he was the director of the CIA, how it is that Brennan could have missed the ball on Russian disinformation if it's alleged that Russian disinformation polluted the dossier. Third, if it wasn't Russian disinformation and it was all lies, so you have either two or three, the dossier was all lies, but they were attributed to real Russians. And those real Russians may have been sources. How does the director of the CIA not know that? Now we have this little gem by John Solomon in here 
suggesting not only that, but Brennan knew the guy they were spying on, Carter Page, for colluding with Russians, was actually working for Brennan's own CIA and being asked to collude with Russians. Oh, can you imagine if Brennan knew that? Wouldn't that be bad? (laughs) Now we find out that the only criminal charge Page is ever charged with informally, and I say informally because it's a lie and made up, the bribe Page allegedly took from a Russian gas company in exchange for the Hillary information and other stuff. Of course, a fake, totally fabricated charge. Now we find out that, oh, that meeting never happened at all. Well, we knew that. But let me show you this little gem, by the way, from the IG report. I found this on Twitter. Forgive me. I forget the source. You know, I always had to, but it's another really good investigator. This is from the IG report. The primary subsource, I'm talking about the person who gives Steele his information, told the FBI that one of his or her subsources furnished information for that part of the report through a text message, but said the subsource never stated that Sechin had offered a brokerage interest to Page. We reviewed the text and did not find any discussion of a bribe, whether as an interest in Rosneft itself or a brokerage. Wait, wait, wait. Can I just translate that for you? Uh, please. Because it's in Horowitz's. Yeah, please. Horowitz is never, Michael Horowitz's report is written purposely to confuse you. So I just went through why Brennan's in trouble. Forget the Russian disinformation. I gave you a bunch of different options. The dossier was lies attributed to real Russians. The dossier was made up. When Michael Horowitz started looking into the charges in the dossier, including the charge that Carter Page took a bribe from a Russian gas company worth hundreds of millions of dollars, he found out that the guy who allegedly told Steele that said, oh, I heard about it in a text. When Horowitz's team reviewed the text, it was never even in there. In other words, they just completely made it up. Again, if they completely made it up and it was all lies, and these were lies attributed to real Russians, how did Steele get these real Russians? We shall see. Washington Examiner piece. So you'll see John Brennan is melting down right now too, which I'm, I, I know schadenfreude is wrong, but I'm enjoying every minute of this tyrant uh, like a rat being cornered here. <laughs> John Brennan claims Russia findings totally validated as top prosecutor digs deeper. Of course, he's talking about that hoax Senate Intelligence Committee report, uh, which is an utter absurdity. We uh, just yeah. annihilated the report on yesterday's show. Uh, what am I supposed to have? I had one more thing. Oh, oh I got to end with this. This is important. So I warned you that you know, the gross, uh, disgusting mainstream media, which lies to you, unfortunately, 24-7, 365, was going to try to retcon their own history and pretend that they were out ahead of the coronavirus yeah. while everybody else was steering you wrong. They're using it as an excuse to attack the president and to attack conservative media. So I want to put this Washington Examiner article up first, where the Beck, I think it's Beckett Adams, is putting out the warning now. They're up to it again. Yeah, Beckett Adams. Uh, Washington Examiner, media that also downplayed coronavirus tries yet again to pin deaths on Fox news now who did this these total losers at vox with a v not fox v the liberal morons at Vox. i mean these people they're really uh, the the writers who work there are dunces of the highest order here's their article this is this is a real article check this out vox a disturbing new study suggests sean hannity's show (laughs) helps spread the coronavirus this is a real this is not a joke by zach bersham 
Well, this is a what? Oh, yeah, Paula Pun. The subtitle's even better. Sophisticated new research show links Hannity's coronavirus misinformation to a greater number of COVID-19 cases and deaths. The research is, is so embarrassingly horrible that anyone promoting this should lose your, your college degree immediately. <laughs> the research, this isn't real research, folks. Now, keep in mind, so Vox is saying Hannity killed people by playing down the virus. Let's look at this tweet from Vox. This is the same Vox with a V. This is the same outfit, folks. This is their, a real tweet. What is the coronavirus? It's a family of virus that's attacked the respiratory system. Should I travel during the outbreak? Yeah, the CDC and State Department advise avoiding travel to China for now. But is this going to be a, goal, a deadly pandemic? No. No. That's Vox. Same outlet. No. Yeah. Shocker, right, Joe? Yeah. Thank you to whoever put that. Put the little arrow for the liberals. Yeah. Have that's Vox. Vox with a V, the same outfit. But Fox with an F, yes, they killed people. What a bunch of morons. I just want to point out a couple of things about this alleged research. This is so embarrassing that if you have a, if you've even taken a statistics 101 course in high school, you would understand how this is obviously 100% politics and nothing to do with actual robust statistical analysis. What they said, Joe, is whatever, the people in getting infected with COVID, they, they view Sean Hannity more than Tucker Carlson. Okay. Matter of fact, so you're saying they're correlated. How many times do I have to say correlation is not causation? Right. Why? Because you understand I can make the very same argument. How, Joe? Real simple. Huh. So if you watched Hannity, you were more likely to contract it or die from it. I can make the argument, if you voted for a liberal governor, you're more likely to die of coronavirus. Same argument. Exact same argument, is it not? Yeah. What, what, it's not what, causal. What happens if you listen to us? If you voted for I, Andrew Cuomo, who's yeah, a liberal, you yeah. have a far likelier chance, because New York has the most infections, uh, of getting coronavirus. Uh, the same argument. It's stupid. It's not a real argument. I'm not actually making that argument because it's dumb. I'm right. simply suggesting to you their analysis oh, is man. just as dumb. Doesn't take into account, Joe, by the way, mm. that Fox tends to skew older, has an older audience who may be more likely to contract it and die from it. Mm. In other words, there's mm -hmm. a third variable that has absolutely nothing to do with Sean Hannity. But listen, mm. liberal, I know your dunces. Don't let that get in the way of your stupid arguments, like things like facts and data and reason. You keep it up. Yeah, Sean Hannity killed people. You're just an idiot. I can make the same dumb argument. Andrew Cuomo killed people. I don't because I'm not a moron like the people making this other stupid argument, embarrassing themselves, claiming this is robust statistical research. Come on. Give me a break. Yeah. Just come out and say you're a dunce and be fair to everyone. To be honest, I, I didn't right. even uh, consider that last part of the older viewership. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. Joe, it's common sense. Yeah. It's a third variable. Yeah. An obvious confound. So yeah. stupid. Good catch. <laughs> idiots all right folks thanks again for tuning in we really appreciate it please subscribe to my show youtube.com slash bongino it'd be really cool to get to 500 i know we keep setting the market but you're all so great i really appreciate it. the subscriptions on youtube are free again youtube.com slash bongino you'll get that bell every day when our show goes live we really appreciate it subscribe on apple podcast too thanks a lot you just heard the dan bongino show follow dan on twitter 24 7 at d bongino